Hey friends, what up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Peidal, Daf 84 of Masechta Yoma. Um, yeah, uh, Daf 84, I would say it's a funny little Daf, except for the fact that it's not so small. But it's interesting. It's kind of like, um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Daf He of Masechta Brachis. I guess you'll see why. Um, at least for a little bit of it. And then, um, anyways, we talk about like that Kelev Shote, that foolish dog that we started discussing recently. Um, also, then it discusses different like remedies on Shabbos and Allah's around that. And then we discuss Pikuach Nefesh. That Pikuach Nefesh is Doche Shabbos. Um, that if you save somebody, you could be, uh, you know, you could save somebody on Shabbos even if it means you have to do Malacha. And then an interesting, um, Discussion at the end of Rove of going after the majority. So um, that is what's on the agenda for today. Let us get started. Three lines from the bottom. Somebody who was bitten by a foolish dog. So there was Machlokas in the Mishnah. The Tanakama says it's Babamisis that um, they would take, they would take up this uh, uh, liver lobe. What's a liver lobe? I don't know. I know what liver is. Well, kind of. Liver, it's like part of, you know, I have a liver, I think. Uncle Ponim. So, um, what were we talking about? Right, so, so they would take, um, like livers, and, like if, like you got bit by this foolish dog, so you would take like dog liver and eat it. So the Tanakhama says, meh, babamysis, not true. It's just, what's it called? Uh, uh, whatever, whatever it is. But Masim Machar says, no, it is true. It's a real thing, and therefore you can do it on Shabbos. Now, um, uh, no, Lavdaf Kashabas, Kidu in general. Can you eat dog liver? Okay. So, Mishinishachu Kelev Shaita Vichule, Tanarabonim, the Rabbis talk. Hamishadvarim Nemu Bechelev Shaita, there were five things that are said about this foolish dog. Pib Pasuach, it keeps its mouth open. Verecho Nodef, it's got bad breath. Vaoznov Sucho, it's got big droopy ears who's nov munachal yarchosov and its tail is like resting on its like legs umahalik betzide drachim and it walks around on the um, sides of roads v'yishom afnover v'yin kolu nishma to those who say that uh, also this type of a foolish dog it barks but um, it makes no sound alright mimai habe how does a dog become a foolish dog Rav says, well, the witches, the witches play with this dog and voila, it becomes foolish. Shmuel says, no, there's some kind of like bad, evil spirits on it. Well, the nafkamin is, how do you exterminate? How do you um, terminate? Uh, kill this dog like do you have to do it from a distance so according to Shmuel it says that there's like bad vibes there's Ruach Ra so yes you'd have to kill the dog from a distance so stay away so you have to throw something at it like a arrow or something um, but according to Rob who says it's just I don't know which is playing with it you wouldn't necessarily have to keep your distance okay we talk of a Bryce supporting Shmuel, Shahorgan also, in Oregon also, Ella Bedavra and Nizrak, that we have a Bryce that says that when you kill such a dog, a um, silly, foolish dog, you have to do it with something that you could throw at it from a distance. If this um, 
foolish dog rubs against you, it's dangerous. If it bites you, it's lethal. So what do you do if it rubs into you? He said, if it, rub, if it rubs you, it's dangerous. So what do you do? Strip down, take off all your clothes, and bolt. A foolish dog rubbed against him. Bishuka in the market. He removed his clothing and bolted. Omer kanti ba'atzmi achoch moschay ba'alea. He says, "Phew, I was just making the pasuk of achoch moschay ba'alea that wisdom keeps um, those who have it alive, meaning because he knew the remedy, namely strip down naked and bolt, so that saved his life." Dinochus le mais. If you get bitten by this kelav shoyte, it's lethal. My takante. So what do you do? This is why I was saying that it's, uh, close, you know, similar to like Daf Although interesting, I think Daf of Masechta Brachis, Daf had like Rebbevai Barabaye. I think that that's where Nagos Mitsuyuna Mitaka says that it's Bevai and not Bibi. So says Abai, what you do is Nesi Mishcha Da'apa Dichra. So you take the uh, skin of a male polecat. I don't know what a polecat is. I didn't Google it. So. I don't know, polecat. What's a polecat? Vinichtov ale, and you write on the skin of the polecat, on a planya by planyasa, me, so and so, the son of so and so, amishcha de apa dichra kasivna alach. I'm writing to you upon the skin of a male polecat. Kanti kanti klirus vaamrila kanti kanti klirus. What do you want me to tell you? That's what you write. And then you take off your clothing, and you bury the clothing. You bury your clothing, I, don't know, I guess in the cemetery, for um, a year, for 12 months. Then take out the clothing, uh, uh, um, uh, roast it in an oven, and then spread out the ashes on the crossroads. And during the over the course of this year, while your clothes are buried in the cemetery, when you drink water, make sure that when you drink water during this year, you dafka only drink water with a um, copper straw. Lest you see the reflection of a demon, and that could be very dangerous. So just use a straw. Like Abu Marta, who happens to be Abu Minyomi, his mother made for him a golden straw, and that seems to have been fine. It wasn't copper, but uh, I guess as long as you don't see your reflection, it's good enough. Alright, sounds good to me. Any questions? Let's go weiter. Varamar of Masya. And, um, okay, Rav Masib and Chorish also said that if a fellow has like, um, you know, some kind of sickness in his mouth, so he could take medicine even on Chabbos. Rav Yochanan Chosh was it, I thought it was Tzfidna, Tzafdina, Tzafdina, I guess that's how to say it, Tzafdina. Rav Yochanan Chosh so I thought it was Tzfidna, 
wasn't So so Rabbi Yochanan had this tzafdina, uh, uh, which was um, some kind of uh, disease, I guess, that starts with your mouth. He went to a certain uh, noble woman that she, I guess, knew the remedy for tzafdina. And she made for him a tincture that he was to drink on uh, or to consume uh, on Thursday and Friday. He says to her, okay, well now what, what do I do on Shabbos? She says, don't worry about it. You don't need it for Shabbos. And I guess meaning he went to her, I guess on Thursday, she made him a tincture. On Friday, she made him a tincture. And he says, look, tomorrow Shabbos, what do I do? So she says, don't worry, you don't need it tomorrow. And he says, yeah, but what if I do need it tomorrow? What do I do? So she said to him, all right, well, swear to me that you're not going to tell anybody my um, secret tincture. So he swore, he says, you know, to the God of Israel, I will not reveal. Sure enough, he then went out and told everybody. In his shir, in his public shir, he told everybody the tincture. Even after he swore to, her, um, to the God of Israel that he wasn't going to share. Yisrael, Yisrael. What do you mean? How did he do that? He swore to the God of Israel that he wouldn't um, share this tincture. Oh, I read that wrong. But he swore to her. So the answer is, So he says, yeah, but I swore that I'm not going to reveal it to the Abishter. But... I didn't say anything about not revealing to the Yidden. Kila, when he swore to the God of Israel that he won't reveal it, it means, you know, he said, yeah, all I did was swear that I wouldn't reveal it to the Abishter. But I could reveal it to other, you know, to the Yidden. But what about the Chil Hashem? I mean, it's very fancy that, you know, you come up with this, like, you know, nice loophole. But Lemaise, what about the fact that this noble woman, and she made you swear, she, you know, she said, don't tell people, and you told people. That it may, you know, Tzachil Hashem, desecrates the name of God. So the Megalilei Meikar. No, he already told her the plans from the beginning, meaning after he made his nice, interesting loophole, he said to her, by the way, there was that loophole, just so you know, and she was like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, loopholes, very nice. My Avdalei, so what exactly was this tincture? Says very simple. It's just uh, yeast water, uh, um, olive oil, and salt. That's it. Easy. Rabbi Yemer says it was taka, not yeast water, but yeast. And um, olive oil and salt. Okay, very easy. Says Ravashi, the um, fat of the wing of a goose. Okay. Says Abai, look, I had um, tzafdina, and I tried all these little tincture recipes, and they didn't work. I didn't get healed. Until a certain Arab told me, I see, I see what you got to do is you got to take a pit of an olive tilsa that isn't a third of the way, you know, grown. And roast these pits on a flame, on a fire, on um, a new hoe. And then you take the ashes from these pits and you put it on your teeth. I did this and the 
Posh, it worked. Okay. Remai dahave, remai haba. Now, how do you get safdina? We talked about the remedies, but how do you get it in the first place? Mechamimi chamimi dechite. From eating very hot wheat bread. Umishiri kasa daharsna. From the leftover hash of fried fish. Fried fish hash. Fried fish hash. That's how you get tzafdina. Umay simani. And what are the symptoms of tzafdina? Kadramimide be koche vaosa doma mi dari. Well, if ever you put anything in your mouth and your teeth bleed, tzafdina. Okie dokie. Rabbi Yochanan kichosh b'tzafdina avarachi b'shabata v'itzi. So, Rabbi Yochanan, so when he had tzafdina, so he did this remedy on Shabbos, so he made this remedy for himself, this tincture for himself on Shabbos, and he was healed. Rabbi Yochanan echi avarachi. How could Rabbi Yochanan have done this tincture on Shabbos. How do you do refu on Shabbos? Rav Nachum Bayitzchak Shani Tzavdina says Rav Nachum Bayitzchak well because Tzavdina is different i.e. since it starts with the mouth and finishes with the intestines it's um, very um, dangerous. Although right actually Rashi says you can actually um, uh, skip that last line so Let's pretend we didn't read it. Amalei Reb Chia Bar Abba Reb Yochanan says Reb Chia Bar Abba Reb Yochanan Kman Kramasib and Charosh says Reb Chia Bar Abba Reb Yochanan. No, when 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 you say Reb Yochanan, when you made this tincture on Shabbos, what was it like? Were you holding like Kramasib and Charosh? Am I Choshesh Befiv Matin Losam B'Shabbos? Who says that somebody whose whose mouth is bothering him, he's allowed to make medicine even on Shabbos? But why ask Reb Chia Bar Abba Reb Yochanan? Why would you? Beholden like Rav Masib and Kharosh and not like the rabbis, right? Rav Masib and Kharosh says if you, um, if, if you have some kind of disease in your mouth on Shabbos, you can make this medicine, um, um, you can make this medicine, implying that the rabbis disagree and say you would not be able to make this medicine. So Rav Chibar Abba is asking Rav Yochanan, when you made this medicine on Shabbos, what were you holding like Rav Masib and Kharosh? But why would you hold like Rav Masib and Kharosh and not like the rabbis? So says Rabbi Yochanan that no, uh, actually says Rabbi Yochanan that the rabbis would agree with Rav Masib and Kharosh that you would be allowed to make this, you know, tincture on Shabbos if you have tzaftina, if you have this disease in your mouth. Where they disagree with Rav Masib and Kharosh is only regarding the eating dog liver to heal the bite of a However, says Rabbi Yochanan, the rabbis would agree with the Masib and Kharish regarding this, um, um, you know, medicine on Shabbos for um, mouth diseases that can be, um, you know, deadly. Um, let's say that the following Taka supports Rabbi Yochanan, right? To say that the Chacham agree with the Masib and Kharish regarding medicine for Mouth disease on Shabbos. Mishachazu Yirak, when somebody has jaundice, machilin also b'sachamor, you can feed him the meat of a donkey. Mishinishachu kelev shote, machilin also mechatzakavit shelo. If uh, somebody's bitten by a foolish dog, so then you feed it the uh, the uh, liver, I guess, of the kelev shote, or maybe some other dog, I don't know, I'm not sure. V'achoshesh b'fiv ma'pilin lo 
Somebody who has this like mouth disease, you can feed him, uh, you can give him medicine on Shabbos. That's what Masim and Chosh's opinion. Which the Chacham respond and they say, these don't have any medicinal, don't have any real medicinal value. Now, the Gemara wants to know, when the Chacham say these don't have any medicinal value, implying, yeah, these don't have medicinal value, but something else does have medicinal value. So we just mentioned three things, right? We mentioned jaundice, right? Eating donkeys, which is number one. We also mentioned uh, if you have the, um, uh, if you get bitten by a kelev shotas and you eat the liver. And three, uh, that um, if you have this mouth disease, you can treat it. The Chacham say these don't have any medicinal value. So which are the these that don't have medicinal value and which then is the remaining one that does have medicinal value? So my love, the mute sam, so it doesn't imply that, yeah, the um, eating the liver for the kelab shote and the uh, eating the donkey for the jaundice, those don't have medicinal value, but the medicine for the mouth disease, that does have medicinal value. So we see that the Chacham agree with the Masib and Kharish regarding that. Lo, lemuti makizin dam lesrunchi. To which the Gemara says, no. When the Chacham say these don't have medicinal value, it means all three of them don't have medicinal value, right? The don- eating donkeys for um, for uh, jaundice, eating dog liver for um shot bites, and having medicine for mouth disease. None of those have any medicinal value. What does have medicinal value, however, is bloodletting for sronchi, uh, which is quincy. I don't know what quincy is. Q u i n s y quincy. That. Uh, does have medicinal value, according to the rabbis. Hachinami mistava, and this taka makes sense. The Tanya, as we learn in the Brisa, Shloshet Dvarim, Amr Bishmor Rabbiosi, that Shosham Mishum Rabmasim and Chorish, that there were three things that Rabbishmor Rabbiosi um, said that he heard from Rabmasim and Chorish. Mekizendam Lestronchi, that you're allowed to do a bloodlet for Quincy Bishabbos, Umishinishachu Kelev Shote, Machilinos Mechatzer Kavichlo, and somebody who was bitten by a Kelev Shote, you can feed him. From its uh, liver, and somebody who um, his mouth, he's got his mouth disease. You can give him medicine on Shabbos. And the Chacham, of course, responded, say these don't have refuah. And again, the shail is when the Chacham say these don't have any real medicinal value. What's it talking about? What are we excluding? So we want to say that when the Chacham say these don't have any medicinal value, it's talking about the last two, right? We mentioned three things. We mentioned bloodletting for Quincy. We mentioned the liver for the Kelev Shote. And we mentioned the medicine for the mouth disease. And the Chacham say these don't have any medicinal values. So we want to say that these means the last two items. The liver for the dog bite and the medicine for the mouth disease don't have any medicinal value. But the first item... Bloodletting for Quincy does have medicinal value, so that would support the notion that the Chacham agree with Rav Masim and Kharish regarding bloodletting for Quincy, but they would disagree regarding um, medicine for the mouth. Lo atayte deresha kamaisa v'lemute deseifa. Okay, we say no, actually you could say that Chacham disagree with the first two things, with the uh, bloodletting for Quincy and with the um, liver for the dog bites, but they agree with the Masib and Kharish regarding the mouth medicine on Shabbos. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan um, could respond to Rabbi Kheba Abba and say that Taka the Chacham agree with the Masib and Kharish regarding 
Um, regarding what? Regarding uh, taking medicine on Shabbos for the mouth disease, and that's why Rabbi Yochanan was able to take this, you know, create this tincture and 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 um, consume it on Shabbos for its safdim. Tashma kamenu tani Rabbi Bar Shmuel, Rabbi Bar Shmuel taught Uber Sherecho. Um, if you have a, a woman, a pregnant woman who smells, um, you smell something, and like she uh, needs to um, eat. So, so, so we're allowed to feed her. I believe he's talking about Yom Kippur until she feels better. Somebody was bitten by a kelav shote. You could feed it from the liver. And somebody who's got this mouth disease, you can give him medicine on Shabbos. That's the opinion of Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Yossi, who says in the name of Rabbi Lazar say that we agree with you with this. Again, the Chachamim sticking to their Mahalach of being vague. Um, saying we agree with you regarding this, but not with regarding to something else. Ahea, what do they have to say that they agree with him regarding? If we're saying that it's talking about the pregnant woman that you're allowed to feed her until she feels better, would anybody disagree with that? Obviously, they agree with him regarding that. Rather, it must be what they're saying is that we agree with, that we agree with Masa bin Kharish regarding the um, medicine. Uh, for the mouth disease. Ravashi Omar, Maslisa Namideka. Ravashi says you can also just imply from our Mishnah, as it says, Vod Amr of Masib and Kharosh, Hachoshish Bifiv, Matin Losam Bishabis, Vilpigi Rabban Ale. That Rav Masib and Kharosh says in our Mishnah, that meaning after the, after the Tanakama says that um, you're not allowed to feed the liver for the dog bite. Ramasim and Kharish says that you are. Ramasim and Kharish then goes on to say that you're allowed to um, give medicine for this mouth disease, and the rabbis don't seem to argue on that. And if they did argue on that, and if the rabbis did argue on it, well then just like there was machlokas between the Chachamim and Ramasim and Kharish regarding the dog bite, well then it should be clear that the, there's also machlokas with regard to medicine for uh, mouth disease. And from the fact that, you know, that certainly is not clear in the Mishnah, it must mean that the machlokas is limited to the dog bite and not, uh, does not apply to the mouth disease, i.e., the rabbis agree with Masa bin Kharash that you'd be allowed to, um, take medicine on Shabbos for this mouth disease, I guess, because it could become, um, mortally dangerous. Okay. Let's go weiter. Um, where am I? Fine. So the Mishnah had said that you're allowed to take this medicine for this mouth disease on Shabbos because it's Suffolk Nefashos and Suffolk Nefashos is Lahakhada. When we have a doubt regarding if something could be, um, you know, mortally dangerous, so then we're lenient. I'm sorry, not Suffolk Nefashos Lahakhada, but Suffolk Nefashos Doches Hashabbos. Is that, is, that is that what the Mishnah said? Yeah. So how can we have to add that little bit? And because Suffolk Nefashos is Doche Shabbos. This is interesting. So it says of Yudah Amarab that because what it's teaching, right, it says because it's Suffolk Nefashos and Suffolk Nefashos is Doche Shabbos. What's the point of that? And Suffolk Nefashos is Doche Shabbos because it's teaching that even if it's not just regarding this Shabbos, but even if it regards the next Shabbos, what does that mean? Hey, Chidami, what is this? For example, if a fellow is sick, and they say, look, 
here's what you have to do to get better. Take this medicine for the next eight days. Now the first day, it's Shabbos right now, which means that if you have to take this medicine for eight days, that means that day one is Shabbos and day eight is Shabbos, which means that you're going to have to take it for two Shabboses. So maybe we should suggest that why don't you wait to start this regimen until after Shabbos, right? Until Motzoi Shabbos, Tre Shabbata. So you don't have to be, you know, Machal two Shabbos. So you don't have to take this medicine on two Shabbos, right? So meaning if the regimen is eight days, day one and day eight are going to be Shabbos, maybe we, su- we should suggest, why don't you hold off taking this medicine until Motzoi Shabbos so that you'll start not on Shabbos, after Shabbos, you'll take it for eight days, and it's fine. So next Shabbos, you'll still be taking this medicine, but at least you, you will only be taking the medicine for one Shabbos and not for two Shabboses. Komash Malon, therefore what the mission is teaching us is that v'chosofik nefash z'ochas a Shabbos to teach that, no, even in this case, we would not suggest that he wait until Mitzvah Shabbos. Rather, you could start taking the medicine even on this Shabbos, and um, you will, you know, even if that means that you're going to be taking medicine um, for two Shabboses and not just one Shabbos. Where am I? We talk also in a brace like this. You can heat up warm water for a sick person on Shabbos. Whether it is that he has, you know, hot water for like tea or something, whatever, to give him to drink, or whether it is to bathe him, to rinse him off, both use cases are acceptable. Skip the next like eight words. Shemayavri, we don't say, well, why don't we wait and see if he gets better on his own? Rather, we heat up the water immediately. Um, we don't say, let's wait to see if he gets better on his own because Safik Nefashos is Doches a Shabbos, so you can just heat up the water immediately. And it's not even just this um, Shabbos, but even if there's a Safik regarding Another Shabbos, as we explained a minute ago, and you don't need to get a non-Jew or, or a Kusi or the, the Gras as a Koton, a minor, to do it. We don't need to have, you know, uh, um, a Kusi or a, 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 a Nachri or a minor do it. You can even have a, a um, you know, uh, a Jew who is Chayv in Mitzvahs, can be the one to heat up this water because Safik Nefashus Now, if the recommendation to do these things were only by the way of uh, women or or kusim, so that wouldn't be enough. But they could join together uh, to create an opinion. So therefore, if there were like three uh, people saying, you know, three like men saying don't do it, and then you have two men saying do do it, then you have a um, woman who says, no, I also say that you should do it. Well, that would be enough to make it um, three against three and say, Suffolk Nefashos, Doches HaShabos. Tanu Rabbanu, the Rabbis taught, Mifakchen Pikuach Nefesh B'Shabos, that you're allowed to save somebody on Shabbos. V'azar Zareza Meshubach, and whoever is particularly active and and um, fastidious, I guess, about it, all the better. Right When it comes to saving a life on Shabbos, just do it. You don't have to ask a shayla, just do it. What does that mean? If you see a child who fell into the sea, so just spread out a net and chop him up. And whoever is, you know, kind of faster 
and more excited to do it, all, all the better. You don't have to ask permission to do this. And even though in the net, you might end up uh, hopping a shtickle fish, but it's okay. It's not going to be considered fishing on Shabbos. Save the baby. If a baby fell into a pit, so you can, you know, to get into the pit, you might have to dig up the side. You might, oh, who's this? My neighbor? What's my neighbor doing? I wonder. Haven't seen him in a while. I don't know. I'll check it out after. I'll check it out after. My neighbor, shy. So if you, um, um, so if a uh, so if a child fell into a pit, so then you could take him out, even if it means you're gonna have to like you know dig away part of the side of the pit so you can get in. You know, whoever you know, if you're kind of faster to do it, gewaldig, and you don't have to ask any questions, just do it. Even though that means that you're gonna be creating some kind of a step for him to get out, but um, that's okay. Um, so if you saw that the that the that there's a door that right a, a, a baby got locked inside some room, shovro motzio, so you could break down the door and extract the baby. Vazarze is a meshubach, just go for it. Vein tzarchi toshus mibezin, you don't have to ask any questions. Vavagav dekom ichavin lemisbar b'shipe, even though um, when you break down the door, you might be thinking, oh, this is gevaldik, I now have firewood, so it doesn't matter. Just break down the door, save the baby. You can, you know, if there's a uh, fire that could be dangerous and kill people, so you can like extinguish it by putting out, like we learned in Masech to Shabbos, by putting out like different containers and pitchers and stuff, and then the water will break, you know, they'll break and the water will go out. Um, just go for it. You don't have to ask any makuche. Even though by doing this, you might be creating like coals and stuff that will be advantageous to you. For Motzei Shabbos, it's okay. Just do it. Save the people. Utsricha, and we have to give all these cases. The Ashmuinan Yam, Mishum Dadachiv Achi Azule. If we only had the first case of the baby who falls into the river, I might think that in that case, I'm allowed to um, say I'm encouraged to save the baby because um, if I go and ask a Shaila, the baby it might be too late. The baby might get taken away. Avo bore the Kayosiv Emalo Utsricha. But a pit where the baby's just kind of sitting there, I might think that maybe uh, I should ask the Shaila. No, don't ask Shaila's. Baby gets stuck in a pit, you get him out. And if you mention the pit, that might just be because it's very scary. So get him, get the, extract the baby from a scary situation. But if the baby just gets stuck in a room, maybe you could somehow entertain him with nuts and things like that from outside and, you know, keep the situation under control until after Shabbos. Tzricha said, no, even in that case, break down the door, extract the baby. Mechabun mafsikin, lomali, how come we have to say also that, um, you, that you, um, you can kind of extinguish the fire? So the afilu chatzer acheres, even if, even if the fire is in one chatzer and the people are in another chatzer, Right, so currently, kind of, it's not dangerous, but it can it can get dangerous. Still, you can extinguish the fire. Amr of Yosef says of Yosef, Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel. That when it comes to pikuach nevesh, we do not follow the majority. What does it mean that we do not follow, follow the majority by pikuach nevesh? If we're talking about a situation where there are nine yidden and one non yid, 
then why wouldn't we go after the rove to save people? You know, like meaning if there were nine yidin and one non yid, so then and like then somebody gets trapped in a house and we don't know if the right the house falls down, somebody gets trapped. We don't know is the fellow who got trapped uh, is it is it the non yid or is it a yid? So in that case, well, nine of them were yidden, so we start we go go after the majority. Say it's a yid, and say and you know do whatever you can to, to extract the fellow. Inami, pago faga. Well, maybe it was half and half. Well, suffik nefashas lahakol. Well, if that's the case, then suffik nefashas lahakol. Go go save the person. El dika tisha kusim v'sol echod. Well, so okay, it's talking about where there's nine non yidden and one yid and. A house falls down on one of them. So we might think if, you know, if you go based on the majority, well, the majority is non-yidin. So maybe you should not be able to, um, do the extraction, you know, to save the fellow. But on Ami Pshita, actually, this is, this is also obvious. Because nine and one is a kavua. We know exactly, it's a fixed amount. Nine and one. And we have, of course, the principle that we've seen before. It's that whenever you have an established ratio, then we treat it like 50-50. And therefore, if we know that there are nine non-yidin and one yid, so then we treat it like 50-50. And um, therefore, it's Suffolk Nefashos and it's Docha Shabbos. So it's talking about, well, there were nine non-yidin and one yid in one chatzar. Now, then one person went to a different chatzar and that is where the trouble happened. And now this one person is trapped in a house. So, so I might think to apply the principle, well, anything that gets separated gets separated from the majority. And therefore, this one fellow who left everybody else, if there were nine non-yidin and one yid, so some of this fellow who left is a non-yid. And now the house falls down. So I might think that I would not you know, be able to extract the fellow because mistam it's a non yid kamash malon so halchu pifikuach nefesh acharov and so we see that no, we don't go after the majority when it comes to pifikuach nefesh and therefore even um, though there were nine non yid and one yid and this fellow separated himself and I might think called the parish meruba parish kamash malon that you can nonetheless um, save the fellow. Is this really so? If you have, in this case, where you have nine non-yidin and one yid, that says of Asi, the name of Yochanan, that if in this case we have nine non-yidin and one yid, so then if it's in that chatzer, so then you'd be allowed to, um, you know, if some if this thing fell down, so then you'd be allowed to do the uh, on one person, then so you'd be allowed to um, you know do a search thing because uh, to save the person because uh, but in a different chotzer, if one of them left, you would taka not be allowed to rescue the one person because we'd have to be considered concerned about called the parish muba parish, and therefore it's a non yid. the parish kulu or the parish So we say, well, it depends if all of them kind of went to the other um, chotzer, and now all of them were in that second chotzer, so then we could still apply, I imagine at this point it would be, I guess since everybody left, it would be called the part, uh, uh, because in that second chotzer now you have nine non-yidin and one yid, so therefore you'd be allowed to save, uh, you'd be allowed to save this one person in there because of however, if 
only some of them moved to the other chatzar. So now you no longer have this um, nine and one. You no longer have this kavua thing. And then now it's in a different chatzar. And then the thing falls down on one person. Well, at that point, you no longer have the kokavua. You only have the fact that like some people went to this other chatzar, in which case called the parish meruba parish. And then it goes based on the majority, which is uh, nachrim. And then it falls on one person. So in that case, it kind of no longer works. Um, okay, and we'll talk, uh, stop it here for now. It's kind of in the middle of Shtickle, but we'll pick up from here tomorrow. Okay, but that was that paid Dal of Masech Yoma. Shtickle all over the place, this Daf. At the first part, at the first, um, the, the Daf began with sort of identifying what a Kelev Shota is, gave sort of the, uh, how you can say, distinguish what exactly a Kelev Shota is. We said if you get rubbed by a Kelev Shota, it can be dangerous. Uh, but if you get um, bitten, it's lethal. We say, well, what do you do if you get bitten? You take the hide of a male polka and you write all sorts of vinyanim. Um, okay, sounds good. Drink from straws. And then uh, we discussed this mouth disease, right? We said that Rabbi Yochanan got this tzaftina, this mouth disease, and he was able to heal it even on Shabbos. We, we then discussed, uh, Rabbi Chibarashi says, but isn't that Ramasim and Harsh's opinion? We said, no, Taka the Chacham also agree that when it comes to this mouth disease, since it could be dangerous, you can... Um, you can, um, you know, take medicine for it even on Shabbos. Uh, from there, we got into discussion of uh, what does it mean? Because Suffolk Nefashos is Doche Shabbos. We said, well, even if it means that, like, you know, maybe you could work it out so you wouldn't have to be Doche Shabbos twice, even if it's just you, once, we say, no, when it comes to Pikoch Nefesh, right, it's, um, uh, you know, Suffolk Nefashos is Doche Shabbos, and that is that, and you could prepare the remedies. And let me give another, uh, a number of examples of how when it comes to pikuach nefesh, we don't ask questions, you just do it, right? If a baby falls into the sea, just save the baby, even if you might end up, you know, capturing fish, you know, in the net that you might use, whatever it is, you know, when it comes to pikuach nefesh, if somebody can die, you don't ask questions, just go for it. Um, and then we got to this principle at the end from um, Rav Yosef, the name of Rav Yudah, the name of Shmuel, that... Um, we do not follow the majority when it comes to pikuach nefesh, meaning even in a situation where uh, you have uh, a majority of non-yidin and then a house falls on one person and it's Shabbos, we don't know who fell in, just save the person, don't worry about um, uh, you know the majority being non-yidin, just just go for it, save the fellow. Chavit, that was off Pei Dal, 84, Masech Yoma, hope you enjoyed it, cheers.